The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is March 14, 2017. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. As always, my co-host, Lieutenant Colonel, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary. And as always, it is great to be with you, sir. Well, well thank you, sir. Bill, we had a great show last week, didn't we? Absolutely. Tony Stewart. Yeah, and he's not the race car driver either. Yeah, Tony, that's right. <laughs> Tony Stewart is the co-founder and CEO for uh, Us for Warriors Foundation. Founded in 2013, the Us for Warriors Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit working group of dedicated, uncompensated doers who have banded together to help warriors past and present live stronger lives. More commonly referred to as Us for Warriors, the number four so it's us, the number four warriors. They pursue impactful efforts to filling in the gap support needs among the diverse military and veterans communities. Wherever it is, this is foundation has programs, projects, events, and service uh, or collaborations with insightful partners in the community. Us for Warriors engages a strong, large volunteer force to accomplish goals to support, uh, to actually support the critical missions of helping others. If you missed the live show, be sure to listen to the archive show on the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Now, Bill, as normal, you always have some phenomenal type uh, uh, news articles. Why don't you go ahead? Well, Gary, this morning we've got both of these articles that I'm going to speak about briefly from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Mm-hmm. And the first one uh, is uh, from the uh, the new Secretary for Veterans Affairs, David Shulkin. Uh, as you know, he had uh, been a part of the uh, team in the previous administration. But he recently appeared before the uh, House uh, Veterans Affairs Committee with a very bold step. He says... We are going to start providing mental health care to those with other than honorable conditions. He says, I don't want to wait. We want to start doing this right away. Now, Gary, as you know, discharges that are other than honorable, including a general discharge, are known as bad paper and Uh can prevent veterans from receiving federal benefits such as health care, disability payments, education, and housing assistance. So the Secretary's announcement has garnered applause from some congressmen and advocates present uh, at this hearing. Uh, the lawmakers and veterans advocates have long argued service members with bad paper were in many cases unjustly released from the military because of their mental health issues. They estimate 22,000 veterans with mental illnesses have received other than honorable discharges since 2008. That is a bold step, Gary, and, uh, you know, uh, these individuals do uh, deserve that treatment uh, because um, we want to help them get back on the right track. I mean, they served this, uh, this, this, this country uh, in uniform, some had some issues, and that uh, has created problems. So that's a great and bold step on the part of uh, Secretary Shulkin. And they're going to be only given out if urgently needed. How are they going to decide on that? 
Well, you know, there's, uh, let's hope that there's an easy way other than being bureaucratic to get to those who are really in need. You know, we've got a tremendous amount of veterans. I mean, and this is going back to veterans who uh, serve as, uh, as uh, far back as, as uh, uh, Vietnam. So, uh, and it's going to be a national program. So uh, they've got to figure out those particulars on how that's going to be done. Yeah. And this other article you have is, uh, again, there's so many new procedures coming out. And, uh, you know, uh, we went through, what, the hyperbaric chamber therapy. Now, we didn't go through it, but we had them on the air with us. And uh, that sounded uh, uh, something that's badly needed. And and it does work. Uh, well, now they came it, out it with has. It, it seems like if... If it isn't uh, a brother or a sister to the hyperbaric, uh, it's it's got to be the first cousin. All right. And this new process is called the electromagnetic therapy for treating depression. Now, uh, and this is especially useful for uh, 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 folks who are having uh, uh, problems with anger management, sleep depression, alcoholism, which leads towards uh, uh, suicides. Uh, it is, uh, you know, we, we've discovered here that this disp- d- depression concerns are, are, are very high. Uh, in a recent study, we discovered that on the active duty, I mean, and, and this was not a total uh, kind of uh, checkout on this, there were more than 11,000 active duty members who uh, had problems with depression. And, and this adds to the, to the total numbers of about 774,000 veterans across the country who've had conditions of major depression uh, in, in 2016. So the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, Gary, is providing this new option to help fight the disorder called repetitive transcranial magnetic stimulation or TMS therapy. It's a device that uses an electromagnet charge with electricity that is applied to specific points on the patient's head. The powerful magnetic field can then affect the brain cells of the person suffering from depression. Now, this is in the infancy right now, and uh, we're going to watch this, Gary, and to see how this uh, is, uh, is going to play out down the road. But, uh, you know, we can always have uh, 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 use some help, rather, in, in dealing with depression amongst our men and women who serve this country. All right. Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, another, another thing that might work. Well, let's keep our fingers crossed that it will. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's get on with our show. Bill, you have the honor of introducing our guest, Rick, this morning. And, Gary, it is an honor indeed. Uh, We have with us uh, this morning Richard Barton, who is the Chief Executive Officer of the International Critical Incident Stress Foundation, Incorporated. Rick was born in New York State and grew up in Manchester, Connecticut. Rick is the father of two adult sons and now resides with his wife and her daughters in Denton, Maryland. Rick holds a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration and a Master of Science in Natural Resources Management. Rick served as the director of the Maryland Park Service for 17 years and retired from that position in 2007. Rick directed a workforce that included several hundred first responders, among them 218 law enforcement officers. The Maryland State Police provided Rick's first uh, initial police training beginning his 30-year public safety career. After completing his state service to Maryland, Rick served three years as the county administrator for Caroline County, that's in Maryland, and has since assisted several nonprofit organizations that sought progressive management change. 
that experience brought Rick to the International Critical Incidents uh, Foundation in August of 2013. Rick, welcome to the American Heroes Network. Welcome, sir. Thank you both. And Bill, thank you for that great introduction. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Rick, why don't we start from the beginning here? What, is, what exactly is the International Critical Incident Stress Foundation? And it what's their mission? Non- yes, it's a nonprofit educational foundation. And aside from mission speak, if you will, we serve an international mission to help what we call help save the heroes by providing training that is both core and specialty training uh, programs and consultative support. And these efforts focus on the results or the effects upon people who deal with or are exposed to critical incidents. It can be someone who is exposed to one uh, traumatic or disaster incident or someone who is exposed to multiple incidents over a short or long period of time. And we can think about plenty of people who fit into that, that category or those categories. All right. Now, also, uh, I can I can see here that as far as helping each other, it's it's peer to peer, and that that helps out a lot too. You know, when you have, uh, like you mentioned, all uniform services, uh, like a fireman to a fireman, or a, uh, a policeman to a policeman, or even a veteran to a veteran. Uh, these, I think, that is very important uh, because, again, you know, probably a veteran wouldn't feel comfortable talking to a policeman about <laughs> about uh, you know what his problems are but you you have it down pat here and it is international how often do you how often do you guys have meetings we, uh, we do seven or eight what we call regional training conferences a year and these are uh, intense training programs that sometimes take three or four days long days where people are being trained the The large majority of our work, though, is carried out by independent, what we call approved instructors, people who we we have trained, sort of like a, exactly, in fact, like a train-the-trainer initiative. So we train people who are qualified to take these programs, and then they go out and teach and train, and every course that they teach is registered with us, every one of our courses, if you will, is registered with us. Everybody who takes that course successfully uh, and completes it, receives a certificate, and is in our database as having taken these courses. Uh, so it's it is uh, in terms of meetings, we don't gather meetings that often, and yet most of the time when I talk to people about this, this training is probably being delivered somewhere in the world right now. Uh, certainly, because it's daytime, midday in the United States, it might be going on in a few places, but at any time around the clock you know, because of the time zones and so forth, there's training going on in Australia or China or Europe or uh, Africa, you name it, it's it's all over. So um, it's a daily occurrence is the best way I could describe it. Right, exactly. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break, but before we take a break, I'd like to send a special thanks out to our many supporters. You know, Bill, we've been contacted every week by nonprofit organizations, haven't we? And, yes. Yeah, and, and actually, uh, we've had the pleasure of interviewing, ask, and they've been asking for our help in promoting their events and fundraisers, their mission and locations that they serve. To celebrate our fifth year, we're offering an opportunity to make a nonprofit stand out above the rest, a way to maximize your events and fundraiser promotions. We'll be adding another section to our website very soon. This new section will inform our listeners and donors of premier grassroots organizations that are truly making a difference helping our veterans and military families. And that's coming very, very soon. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Rick Barton, with the International Critical Incident Stress Foundation. That is a long name. Bill? <laughs> well... Uh, Rick, you know, uh, uh, as we mentioned just briefly uh, uh, about the World Congress coming up in in May of this year, but uh, what I'd I'd like for you to do is kind of bring us up to date. Uh, This uh, emphasis on on critical incident stress management has has got a rich history. I'm impressed with it from that particular standpoint, and I'd like, if you can, just kind of Bring us briefly from when this organization was dealing in what we call SISM, C-I-S-M, to where we are now with ICISF and into the World Congress. Sure. Glad to do that, Bill. So this uh, notion of critical incident stress management, just the thought of managing your exposure to critical incidents, uh, really began about three decades ago. And there are various people who have worked on this over the years. However, people who really study the origins of this will recognize that a man named uh, Jeff Mitchell, Dr. Jeff Mitchell, who lives in Maryland, still lives in Maryland, began to recognize this need to manage this stress and to use a peer-to-peer approach because people are not always comfortable going to a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a clinical professional for help, but they will talk to somebody who they understand has been through what they have been through and understands what it's like. Uh, So Jeff Mitchell began to form this notion of a peer support model, a critical incident stress model, and along with another renowned psychologist uh, named George Everly, the two of them formed the International Critical Incident Stress Foundation about 27 years ago. At that time, it was called the American Critical Incident Stress Foundation, and they recognized fairly quickly that it needed to be international. So one of their strategies to bring people together to begin to learn about this and talk about this was to have what they titled a World Congress and invite people from every nation to one place to talk about these things and receive training and to gain an increase in their understanding of how this can work. Well, that was 14 World Congresses ago. This year we will have the 14th. It will be in Baltimore, um, and it, each one of these prior 13 have been remarkably successful and have grown, and it just keeps going. So this year, this uh, will occur the first week of May, and it includes, of course, tremendous amount of networking where people can share their ideas and their thoughts and their concerns with each other. However, it also includes some very uh, extensive trainings, and some powerful presentations, and anybody who goes online and looks at the website can see those details, who the presenters are, and what they'll be doing. So it's really an opportunity to share 
and to understand what this is about and for people who know quite a bit about this to come together and share as well. And so it's that's kind of a short version of where this has all come. But today, critical incident stress management is recognized as a powerful way to deal with the stress that people face as a result of what they've been exposed to. Well, you know, Rick, this is just simply amazing because when you think about uh, uh, the history from where uh, the organization started to where it is right now, how things have changed, <laughs> that these critical incidents that we deal with now, uh, uh, the uh, 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 global terrorism, uh, the, you know, the, the, the natural disasters, uh, plane crashes, uh, you name it, that we prepare uh, our first responders around the world with this peer-to-peer training to be uh, 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 prepared to, to deliver and to be able to uh, deal with those situations. And at the same time, at the last part of this is what it says, stress management, to be able to manage that. Talk about that a little bit in terms of how we prepare these individuals in, in the training to uh, pass that on to our first responders. Yeah, certainly. Uh, a large part of the training includes the terminology and the technical understanding of how the human mind and the human body reacts to exposure to stress. And that becomes kind of the dry and boring part of the training. But the training also includes various scenarios and role plays and acting out situations to get a sense for what you do about that. So the training includes technical knowledge of how humans react and then programs and and, uh, methods to help people bring this out. And it's uh, it's easy to describe it. It sounds relatively simple, but it's essentially people talking these things out either in what we would call a defusing or a debriefing, debriefing program. And in these cases, the, the way this is delivered is done in a manner uh, uh, usually, usually using a team. So if you take this training, the right way to move forward from there is to become part of, if you're not already, part of a critical incident stress management team of people. So, for example... Uh, a fire department somewhere, a large fire department, it doesn't have to be a large one, of course, could form a critical incident stress management team. It would be people that we have trained or perhaps they've taken similar training. And then when there is a need, they come forward and work with the affected people. And that applies to so many different professions uh, where at one time this applied, it was built out of the fire service, and today it's every profession you can imagine um, across the board, including airline pilots and nurses and teachers and so on. It's not just uh, first responders. Um, and so that peer-to-peer approach delivered by a team and done following established methods that work is very effective. One of the key ingredients of the training, by the way, is for the people taking this training, particularly who are not clinical professionals, they need to know their limitations and they need to know what they can and can't do and how far they can go. And a key ingredient that helps them with that is every critical incident stress management team or SISM team, as we call them, will be guided by a clinical professional who will be part of that team. Usually that'll be a psychologist and they will help the lay person who's had our training, but they're still a lay person. They're not a professional psychologist. They're a peer. They will help that peer recognize when perhaps that person needs more than a peer can give them. Well, Rick, I know that we're all waiting in anticipation for May when the, this Congress will take place, and uh, and these are, uh, are great events. Uh, are there any special emphasized uh, uh, areas in this Congress uh, that uh, that we're putting an emphasis on now that you'd like to highlight before our audience today? I think that where we're emphasizing, and you touched on it a little while ago, is the world has changed so much that today terrorism and other disasters seem to be touching everyone at some time or another 
Uh, hopefully not, but it just seems like we're exposed to these things continually. So disasters, of course, have always happened, uh, but the response to them has changed. At one time, it was enough, perhaps enough, to help people with the physical loss of a disaster. And today it's recognized that the long-term effects on them as a human being need to be addressed. And so that type of, of response and uh, that type of incident is highlighted in the World Congress, people who deal with that type of disaster. But also terrorism uh, as a disaster that our world is facing uh, on too often uh, occasions, that also is highlighted uh, with some of the presentations and programs and the to the general session that you know when everybody comes together at the World Congress, several hundred people in one room hearing a uh, essentially a keynote presentation. Well, there's several of those each day, and so we have people coming to speak who are experts or were involved with the response to incidents such as what happened at the uh, Pace nightclub in Florida, uh, to the incidents that happened in Paris, uh, you know, those incidents in France just shook the world. Um, and so uh, still uh, re- resonating with us are some of the school shootings and school incidents, like what happened at Sandy Hook in Connecticut. There's someone coming who uh, had a great deal of experience in response to that incident. So what we try to do is, is put on our program some of the incidents that seem to be shaking everyone, of course, but also seem to be getting repeated and so that wherever a critical incident stress response occurs, people who have attended these sessions learn from the people presenting them. They don't have to reinvent some of the responses and some of the behaviors, and they can learn from each other. So that is one way the world can... Uh, Congress has changed. We've changed with the world, and what is happening in the world today is certainly much different than 25 years ago. That's true. It's very true. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break, but before we do, I want to remind you about the Veterans Suicide Prevention Channel, which is the VSPchannel.com. They are a nonprofit organization and online channel for veterans founded specifically to fight suicides in American veterans communities. 22 plus veterans a day commit suicide, and that's only 21 states reporting. Be sure to check out the VSPchannel.com and learn how, with your support, we can help save lives. Get involved today. We are also proud to be their national resource directory. You're listening to the American Heroes Network radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, 
back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Rick Barton, with the International Critical Incident Stress Foundation. Rick, uh, what if one of our listeners wanted to get involved? How do they go about it, and also, what is your URL? So the best uh, way I would direct them is to our website, which has just a tremendous amount of information. And websites with a tremendous amount of information can be difficult to navigate. So I'd say to people, be patient. Find your way around. It's been redesigned and it's working very well. And and that address is www.icisf.org. And, of course, the ICISF stands for International Critical Incident Stress Foundation. All right. Now, before we went on break, we also were talking about, uh, I mentioned about suicides, and, and uh, you have a special program uh, that's going to get into this end of it, aren't you? Don't you? Yes, we do. Uh, we have one of our initiatives in the last couple of years is to begin to move into the world of online courses, which mm-hmm. has been a challenge for us because our courses generally uh, benefit from a lot of hands-on activity and interaction. But the online courses have been very successful, and one of those is a course called Suicide Awareness that was designed and developed to help people and guide people. Again, we're a peer-based uh, methodology. It's for the layperson, the average person, the peer, anyone, family members, uh, professionals, anyone, of course, that wants to learn more about that horrible uh, outcome of depression and and what to do about it, how to recognize it, how to intervene. And again, not for the clinical person so much, although they're welcome to take the course. This is for the average person to know the signs, understand the signs, and some techniques of what to do about it. Uh, it's been very successful, very well received, and there's actually been a few um, comments we've gotten back from people where they actually use the methods they learned in that course to intervene or identify uh, a bad situation and get someone to help. All right. Well, education is uh, the bottom line for on, on the suicides, and especially for the family. Um, it's, it's, it's bad for the family to, to not understand uh, what's going on with, uh, say, that uh, a mother or father that is going through, uh, you know, something like suicide right and it's it's, again it's uh you know it could apply to anyone absolutely of course and those families out there are veterans uh and not sure what to look for or what to do this kind of course can help them all right bill uh uh that's interesting uh rick you know and 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 that brings to mind that that's so many kinds of things that uh occur that could cause us to uh, think about uh, areas for even other developments. You you might recall, I think it was just this past week, um, there was a fire up in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, involving one of these, uh, what do they call it, the hoverboards. And, uh, you know, we've heard about hoverboards and some of these other things that come up in the way that they're put together and their their potential, you know, for problems. And uh, there was a problem there with uh, a tremendous fire in uh, in Harrisburg in the neighborhood there that put the uh, uh, entire block of homes there at risk. And our first responders uh, having to respond to something like that and a young child i think was about two years old that was killed uh, i i guess the point that i'm getting to is that things are happening i mean by way of uh, producing new uh, uh things that are available to use by way of technology that can create problems for us down the road in terms of of us having to respond to that in a, in a critical incident. Uh, your thoughts on that? No question about it, that that's the kind of incident that resonates with people. One of the areas in particular you mentioned, the young children for public safety people, first responders, one of those, those triggers is an incident that involves children. Uh, it just strikes everyone particularly if you have children, but it just strikes everyone because they're innocent and they're 
there they are at the mercy of what's happened to them. And that's the kind of thing that comes back and gets that first responder, maybe immediately, but maybe long afterward. And so many people in this kind of work say, I'm tough. I can handle it. I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. And what I say to people when they make that remark is I ask them how tough they are when they're asleep and when they have dreams and nightmares. How tough are you then? It just comes back to get you. And so incidents like that uh, hammer away at someone. Uh, One of the founders of our organization, George Everly, described to me one time that there are people who have a natural body armor. And those kind of incidents bounce off them psychologically. And yet at some point that body armor wears off and it gets through to them. So they may respond to an incident like you described, handle it, deal with it, and they seem to be fine. And they are fine. But the next time another incident similar to that happens or another one involving a child, this time their body armor is worn out and other incidents begin to come out and bother them. So programs that help them get that pain out and deal with it and talk it out doesn't make it go away, but it gives them coping mechanisms. Tough as they may be, those incidents are tougher. Wow. Absolutely. You know, Rick, I was just thinking uh, uh, the tremendous job that the foundation uh, does uh, in, its, in its work with uh, preparing the, uh, the first responders. I'd like to get your, 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 your take on uh, is there room for expansion around the world, since this is an international organization, to open that door to, uh, 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 to have other folks to come in and to participate and expand uh, this kind of service around the world? There absolutely is room for expansion. And we are really a small organization with a large reach, uh, so it's not about us in terms of ability to expand. You can always expand an organization. But this program, this critical incident stress management, there is great room for expansion and opportunity. And one of the areas we want to reach out into more, particularly, is military veterans and be there for them and their families and offer these programs because it it's, applies perfectly. And when we look around the world, our work internationally is growing every year, more and more. And we're learning through website analytics how much and how often we're reaching people around the world. In the past year, we've had people from 165 nations visit our website and spend considerable time there. And sometimes, frequently, it's multiple visits from from that nation. We know in some cases, we're fairly confident that it's American military personnel who are visiting our website uh, from some of those nations. But again, to answer your question, there there is great opportunity for expanding this, and that's what we work on every day, where to expand, and within our capabilities, what is the best place to expand or best function to expand. Well, I tell you, uh, uh, Rick, I think that the possibility for launching that further is great here with us, and and uh, my friend Gary certainly can tell you about the the the, the near and the far reaches of uh, the American Heroes Network, and in terms of how uh, uh, this small group of us can uh, reach around the world, we are uh, uh, received in every state uh, in the country here in the U.S. and uh, at 98 countries around the world. So. Uh, and our, our analytics are uh, uh, very good and continue to improve. We know that a lot of folks uh, listen to us live. They listen to us in, on the recorded versions and our five years of archive programs. And uh, uh, this is a place where, uh, that, you know, what you have in mind can really get out around the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm back, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I, think, we, I think the storm's got it. <laughs> Well, I thought you had 90-degree weather today, my friend. Well, right, we do. Well, (laughs) hopefully, hopefully very soon. But, uh, you know, I I disappeared there for a while. I I don't know if it was uh, because of the storms uh, up there, not down here. There's no storms down here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 
<laughs> so hope I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't miss anything uh, real important. To which well, is, well uh, I I kind of did it for you, but you do it best in terms of uh, the, the 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 far and the wideness of the reach of uh, the American Heroes Network and in connection to what Rick was talking about and and expanding. Uh, you know, uh, getting more people involved around the world. Oh, definitely, uh, definitely. Again, uh, I, I guarantee that uh, uh, Bill did say that we do have listeners in all 50 states and uh, 98 countries. But let me ask you, uh, Rick, as is, is far, do you have any, like, online course, well, or like like a Skype course, or where these people can not only uh, be there if they wanted to be there at the World Congress, but also... Uh, have classes that are online? Yeah, that is an excellent question because it is an area we're moving into. So there's two things that will come out of the World Congress that are consistent with that. And one is a webinar series, so not necessarily during the World Congress. And we aren't in position yet to Skype it and have people interact. That's a place we want to get to. But we will have a webinar series afterward with a number of these presenters and including international presenters that will provide their presentation uh, through a webinar. And we also are going to have what we're calling a, world, a virtual World Congress that yet remains yet to be seen, and I would encourage people to be following our website. In June, we will be presenting, at, again, after the World Congress has occurred, a sort of virtual World Congress where people can select from different pieces of it to view. Where we want to get and I think by the 15th World Congress in two years, we will, is have a true virtual World Congress that can be, uh, you know, on, de- on demand, of course, but happening live, and that people can interact live. That's where we'll want to get. We just aren't there at this point, but that's one of the future things for us. Yeah, that's that would be cool if you could... Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, you're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Rick Barton, with the International Critical Incident Stress Foundation. Rick, you think these programs would uh, uh, be vital for employers uh, uh, as far as helping their employees out? Yeah, it's uh, one of those situations where employers want to have a resilient workforce. They want to have a healthy workforce. It's why employers provide... Uh, protective gear, whether it's gloves or helmets or what have you, depending on the agency. And so that's been addressed over the years to help their bodies uh, keep them safe. And 
with the kind of things we're talking about, leaders need to recognize that they need to help the, the mental health of their employees the same way, and they need programs like this, especially where you have employees who are exposed to critical incidents on a regular basis. They need to address this. They need to have a program in place. Plenty of places have an employee assistance program where they may even have a psychologist available to people, and I'm not at all disparaging those programs. I'm merely saying that how many people will readily and quickly go to the company psychologist, but they will talk to a peer, and the peer will recognize the situation. And so trained peers, and particularly having a team, can make a huge difference, and leaders have to embrace that. Uh, Bill, in my introduction, mentioned that for 17 years, I managed a team of first responders and uh, public safety employees. We didn't have a team like that when I started out. Uh, and then we created a team, and I saw firsthand as kind of a case study the difference it makes for employees and their long-term health. So I know I'm saying kind of a lecturing format here, but leaders need to embrace this. They absolutely have to. That's true. Now, Bill? Well, you know, um, Rick, uh, I'm, I'm very impressed with the fact that some connection with this organization that we have an outstanding group of individuals uh, small group uh, but a very dedicated group that uh, is just doing a tremendous job in carrying out and the preparation for the kinds of things that we develop develop uh, in the foundation and uh, with your leadership I mean it's it, they, they are all shining stars and uh, and our listening audience needs to know that uh, that uh, there's a very great group here that's uh, uh, helping to uh, get these programs out. Well, thank you very much, Bill. I appreciate that. And we do have tremendous instructors out there, as I mentioned earlier. Almost all of them uh, are private individuals. Many are employed by agencies, of course, but they're not employees of the International Critical Incident Stress Foundation. We really only have three employees of our organization who are trainers, and they primarily train the trainers, if you will. So these are dedicated people devoted to this work, and it's, uh, I appreciate you saying that and recognizing that. Yeah. Now, Rick, are these going to be, uh, these meetings are videoed? The uh, programs at World Congress? Yes. Everything is videoed, yes. All right. Well, uh, you know, what we could do is also get that on the uh, Veteran Suicide Prevention channel. Um, that way, you know, more and more people, more the more and more people that actually see it going on and understand what's going on, uh, I think they're going to enjoy it. Uh, then you can always put in as, as far as employers go, anything you want, but we'll get it, we'll get it televised on the, uh, on their, the VSP channel, if that's okay no, that's with great. you. Okay. Yes, very much so. Thank you. Okay. Now, again, how does one get involved? And again, let's hear your URL. Yeah, our, uh, our website address is www.icissf.org. And the best way for someone to get involved, to look into taking training or perhaps becoming one of the trainers, one of the instructors, is to go to that website and explore, and there's actually a button there, and I think it's on the right column that says I want to be an instructor, but there's a whole I want to menu. I want to take training. I want to learn more. And across the top, there's the usual about us and other resources, educational resources. And if someone explores there a little bit, uh, they will see you know, and find what they need to know. And featured right now on the home page there is... Uh, is an article about our upcoming online suicide awareness course. And so that'd be an easy way to start out for people, easy meaning easy to find that information. I also want to encourage people to look for us on Facebook, and there are constantly uh, postings there that share resources. However, as Facebook, when it's used properly, one of the values is, as with any social media, it's people interacting with each other. And we find that people are sharing and commenting 
to help each other and share their situations and how they may find additional assistance and help. Right. Well, we only have a couple minutes left, Rick. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on our show today. What would you like to share with our listeners in closing? I'd like to share that uh, everywhere in the world, it seems we're exposed to the kind of incidents that we've been talking about during this hour, and that people do not need to face this alone, that there's help. And certainly for our military veterans, there is help, and for their families to recognize there is help. So there are programs out there, and not just us, but certainly the International Critical Incident Stress Foundation is there to provide that kind of support to people. Um, so I think that's uh, the primary message. Mm-hmm. And Bill? Well, Rick, thanks again for taking time out to be with us today. Uh, uh, this was uh, for us back here in Maryland. This was the day for a show like this because uh, we're sort of, sort of captive audiences to our abodes. So uh, it, it's truly an honor to be able to uh, have you on the program and to have you as our guest. And we look forward to you participating with us again in the future. Thank you. I appreciate uh, you having me on, and I look forward to that opportunity in the future. All right. Uh, I just want to mention thanks to all our listeners and supporters, and remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any mobile device. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co-host Bill and our guest Rick Martin. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America.